Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Floor 9. I'm your host, Ryan Miller, and today we're going to be chatting with an insider about Microsoft Advertising's massive come up. Joining me, as always, is Adam Simon. Hello, Adam. Hi, Ryan. Good to have you back. And joining us this week from Microsoft Advertising is Jennifer Solomon Baum, Marketing Director and Executive Producer slash Host of The Download. Appreciate you joining us on this August afternoon, Jennifer. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and I know I just delivered a rousing introduction on your behalf, but why don't you dive a little bit deeper into your background and what you do specifically at Microsoft for our listeners? Yeah, what's behind the title? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I run the, uh, the marketing team for North America. Um, and so that's an interesting position because we, um, in a way, we're sitting at the intersection of sales and marketing. And so we have to mm. really partner really tightly with sellers to and with marketing to create programs to engage with our audiences. So agency like yours and direct clients and all sorts of audiences as well from SMB to the C-level. No, that's an amazing background. And uh, it's nice that you're able to straddle the line between both sales and marketing in this unique hybrid role. But, you know, we, we'd be absolutely remiss if we had someone from Microsoft on and we didn't ask about the recent Netflix news. So now I know we can't dive into too many specifics, but you care to comment on the blockbuster news of the summer? Yeah, it's big news. I guess that all those hours binge watching Netflix has paid off, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, all kidding aside, I think this is um, a testament to um, sort of a, a sentiment that we've been really uh, working towards is that we're really serious about this business. Um, and so I know we're going to talk about Xander as well, but that is another signal. The partnership with Netflix is another signal as well. We're really a strong contender and in the digital space. Um, and I think that the reason why Netflix decided to partner with us exclusively, they really focus on you know, this, this flexibility to innovate, and I'm sort of quoting from their, you know, PR uh, release, but that flexibility to innovate and also how we do partnership and how we view privacy and trust. And so all these elements are really core to how we do business at Microsoft, and we're very excited to, to be part of this exclusive partnership. More details coming soon. I'll promise I'll come back for that. <laughs> Well, I know that our clients are chomping at the bit for inventory across that space. So definitely uh, interested to hear what kind of developments are coming in the next few months or so. So thank you for allowing me to address the elephant in the room. But you alluded to something else that I want to dive into a little bit more, and that's the acquisition of Xander from AT&T at the end of last year. What do you think are some of the most exciting capabilities that Xander brings to Microsoft's ad business? Yep. I mean, first of all, it was really exciting for us also to show up at in the, at the advertising festival in Cannes this year together. And that was the first time that we did that. Uh, the deal is now closed. So we're working really, um, you know, um, nonstop to make sure that an acquisition or an integration of teams is never easy, right? And so we talk about culture on one side. And so how do we um, you know, really bring teams together, um, and and how do we do this um, by respecting all the the different teams' culture and identity and everything? And I think on a business point of view, this is tremendously exciting uh, because that adds a ton of opportunity for brands and for agency to um, you know to be part of this ecosystem. And so Xander brings a ton of you know interesting technologies that we simply didn't have. 
And so for us also, then we look at now this, this idea of like, you know, we're better together in a way, you know, Xander plus Microsoft advertising, it's like search and native and display and programmatic. And also, you know, a platform and technology and a global marketplace of video, all of these things we didn't have before. So it really sets us up in, a, in an extremely competitive place, um, you know, and bringing those two companies together is, is extremely exciting. And then from the brand side of things, Adam, what do you think this means in terms of, you know, opportunities for clients that are looking to leverage the Microsoft ecosystem? Is this making it more powerful from a targeting perspective? Is it just a more, you know, mass scale opportunity, a little bit of column A, column B? I mean, I think it's definitely uh, building out the capabilities of Microsoft's platform. And I think really helping, you know, again, alongside uh, Netflix, definitely helping on the inventory side to add a ton of new inventory, Xander helping with uh, capabilities. And I think that it's really very quickly, we're seeing Microsoft uh, sort of catapult yourselves to the uh, to the the front of the pack to be a major contender in the digital advertising space. Obviously, we know that there have been advertising opportunities across Microsoft platforms for a while now, but it's, uh, it, to your point, it seemed like for a while, it was sort of uh, a little bit less of a focus for the company. And now just over the past year, it's clearly becoming a more and more important part of, of Microsoft. Yeah, no, absolutely. And listen, I've been at Microsoft for 15 years in different roles, sales and then marketing. And so it has been incredibly interesting to see the change and how the advertising business is now more relevant and important than ever. Um, there was a lot of press recently in the in the springtime, early summer as well, where suddenly we're, you know, more than a $10 billion business. So that's yeah. a nice chunk of change that, you know, we bring to Microsoft overall as well. And so, um, you know, as, as the more we bring other solutions across different platforms, you know, form factors, media for agencies and for brands, the better it is. And while we keep also trust at the center of everything and how we deal with data privacy, how we continue to focus on how we partner, again, it was was really interesting for Netflix to mention this as well. But you know, when we one of the things that uh, we hear in the industry as well is that people like to partner with us, and you know, in a way, we had to do the extra effort because you know there were times where we we had to convince people to say, hey, you know, Bing has a good market share, you should consider it. You know, <laughs> the tides have shifted. No, I'm being very honest here, but the, you know, yeah. have changed a little bit, and so. But as long as we keep also this in our DNA of you know partnering, really listening to what brands want and marketers and agency. How do we make your life easier? How do we make mm. the lives of SMB um, easier as well, you know? And so how do we provide assets for them to build their native campaigns? You know, like how do we help them manage across different social platforms? You know, we have tools for that as well. And so I really focus on this, this, this notion of making your job easier. That's kind of, you know, this this mantra that we have as well. And that is done through partnership and, and great, you know, listening and and, and this, this notion of, you know, really make your business grow, basically. I mean, I think that that actually is an interesting framing and an interesting callback to a lot of Microsoft's traditional strengths and for, for decades in terms of, uh, you know, being obviously a vendor working with PC OEMs. Uh, I'm thinking of Steve Ballmer's uh, saying developers, 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 like a lot of Microsoft's DNA is really founded on 
partnerships in, in different ways, shapes, and forms. So it's super interesting to hear you frame it that way from a, an advertising and marketing perspective as well. Yeah, it's it's the same. And again, like on our badge here, you know, we have our mission and our mission at Microsoft that is that is for every employee, no matter what product you really focus on, is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. And you can scale that mission across everything, you know, and mm. so that notion of empowering is really grounded in partnership. Yeah, and it's never a bad position to be in where everyone's knocking on your door trying to forge a partnership with you. Yes. And funny enough, since the Netflix announcement, that's what's happening. <laughs> the virtual drone has been ringing nonstop. But it's good. I bet. I bet. Well, obviously, that's supercharged your guys' business, but you alluded to some new technologies and form factors that are really exciting from the Microsoft advertising perspective that are really going to you know, enhance the way that we do business. Care to elaborate on some of those a little bit further? Uh, maybe let's, let's start with Microsoft advertising. I think that historically, we have been very focused on parity with Google. And so, you know, just again, making it easy for you. You have your campaigns running in Google, well, you can import everything and adjust here, you know, and then we launched native, like you have a campaign running on Facebook or other social platform, bring it in, you know, easy. But right now, and this is again, a different space where we are at, but more than 50% of our features are exclusive to us. And so we've accelerated. So we, we had to get straight with, into that parity, um, on terms of products, but now we are really also elaborated and, and really amplify that innovation as well. And so we have products that the others don't have, which is kind of nice to have as well. <laughs> um, and I think that, um, you know, we're, we're exploring different things. I have nothing to announce at the moment just yet, but I know that at one of our previous conference in, in the fall, we also announced that within Microsoft store ads, um, you know, that's an offer powered by Microsoft advertising. And so that's really to help developers surface their apps to the right user at the right time. And so we're in a beta test right now uh, with about 20 customers, I believe. And so that's really an, an offer for developers. And so that was announced at Build uh, last spring. And I remember you asked about Build in preparing for this podcast as well. No, I think those are definitely great examples of how innovation is kind of pushing the boundaries of each of your respective products. And just considering what you guys are doing from a team's perspective and how the anywhere economy is one of our trends here at the lab from our annual outlook report. So Adam, I just wanted to get your point of view on how Microsoft Teams and their evolving product is ultimately pushing the boundaries on what's possible in this digital hybrid remote work structure. Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing continual updates to features that are rolling out inside of the platform. It seems to me, uh, from an, as an outsider, obviously not inside the Microsoft organization, the Teams is really sort of a, a, the next generation platform for Microsoft, where there are lots of opportunities for um, partners to plug in and sort of add capabilities inside of the platform. Uh, we're also, obviously, we at the lab are super excited about uh, Microsoft Mesh, which is coming uh, at some point in the future in terms of uh, a nice, uh, very uh, integrated metaverse uh, collaboration platform for work. Um, but I think just the fact that you having a 
a singular platform where you know you can reach people in a work context um, opens up opportunities for for you know smaller companies and startups and, and other partners to plug into that infrastructure. I think that's potentially really powerful, and uh, you know potentially also you know marketing and, and and advertising opportunities inside of that platform in the long run as well. So um, that's how how uh, you know we see it as outsider observers. I'm curious how how you and how Microsoft thinks about teams at, at this point. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, I think that Teams is sort of helping me running my work life. Mm -hmm. um, and I always, and that's my personal opinion, but I, I like when technology becomes invisible um, and not like something else where you have to remember a password that you just forgot, you know, and so how does that work again? And so it has to be intuitive. And so there's also Viva that is integrated into Teams as well. And so every morning when I open my Teams or my Outlook and I take a look at what my day is going to look like, Viva is able to capture a lot of data and make suggestions for a break during my day or remind me of this meeting that I have today and that I need to read this document that was in my inbox. And so the integration between Outlook and Teams and Viva is really interesting. I also get statistics about how I spend my week. Um, and we all know that since the beginning of COVID, we spent a lot of time on video meetings and more meetings and a lot of emails. And so the, the break that we used to have for commuting has completely disappeared. Um, and so again, like having those tools that are intelligent and, and kind of go through your, you know, your data um, in, you know, in an approved manner, of course, but is able to to help you get a productive day is fantastic. And so I think that that's really like all these assistants in a way, you know, can help you um, be more productive. And so I think that that's a fantastic uh, approach to, you know, uh, that is included and in, integrated into Teams, for instance. So Microsoft is obviously a key part of a whole lot of people's work days uh, and a key part of sort of the, the work economy of, of software and services. Um, obviously, the way that we've worked has changed so much in the past uh, few years. What are you all seeing in terms of how people's behaviors are changing and, and the, the style of work is changing? Yeah. Um, absolutely. I think that when when certain people say going back to how things were before, that's never going to happen. We're moving yeah. <laughs> to a different future, right? But it's true that the pandemic has accelerated a lot of trends that were already existing. And we wanted to know more um, about the consumer behavior. So we partner with Forrester to do just that, to understand how consumer behave. And so Again, back to the point that Windows is really at the center of the ecosystem. And so we've noticed that people have completely blend their personal life and their work life. If you take a look at my Edge browser at the moment, there's probably 15 open tabs and half of them are personal related where I'm trying to buy a couch for outdoors and you know ordering something online and then doing a, a bunch of work stuff as well. And so I'm, I'm kind of a good example of what we have coined the workday consumer. And so because our, our workdays have expanded so much, this lack of commute, we're doing personal tasks in the middle of work-related uh, stuff, right? And so I guess our multitasking and simultasking has dramatically increased. And so we've noticed also some interesting 
uh, stats and you know we'll provide a link to the full survey of Workday Consumer for, for the audience to take a look at. But something to note is that two-thirds of respondents said that they spend more time on their work PC than they did before the pandemic. So there's more potential to reach that audience more than ever. 60% mix work and personal tasks, that's me, throughout their day, <laughs> and 62% research and make purchases during work hours. Um, were people not doing this before? They were probably doing it already, right? But also we were doing this a little bit on our phone and a little bit on a, on a PC, and now it seems that more has moved to the PC or to the computer. Um, and so some people say that they're doing that, multitasking private and, and, and work stuff, uh, more than browsing social media. 59% say work and personal tasks are equally important during the workday. Again, because we've been through this dramatic pandemic where we realize the importance of our health. Um, you know, we've seen some, some personas as well being developed of, you know, very conscious about preventative medicine and everything and taking care of ourselves. Mental health has been, um, you know, a big challenge for many during the pandemic as well. And so I think that this level of awareness that you have to recreate boundaries um, is a challenge or at least, you know, add some breaks, you know, take a stretch, stand up, you know, doing something for yourself. And so the data really shows interesting stuff here. Yeah, I think those are some of the differentiators that make Microsoft really stand out in the ascendancy from a work product perspective. What do you think are the key differentiators from the Microsoft advertising side of things? Obviously, there may be opportunities down the road to integrate with some of your flagship products. But right now, where does it stand? How do you guys really stand out from your competitive set? Yeah, thank you for asking this question. Uh, <laughs> I think it, it, but it's a foundational question, right? It's sort of like our reason for being. Mm -hmm. Why do we exist? Um, and so I think if we take a step back and and really understand that actually we have an opportunity to reach a super large audience of over a billion people, mm. and some people don't realize that, you know. And so we really are the intersection of work and life because Windows is. The, the the starting point for everything. Um, and we've done some research and I'll talk about that in a, in a second, but you know, we, again, like the pandemic has really accelerated some behaviors that were already there, but we spend a lot of time on our, on our PC and actually PC consumption has, you know, there was this PC renaissance as we like to talk about it, but suddenly everyone had to bring a computer at home. And so windows is really, Again, you know, this this curation of web content and services. And so no matter what you're doing, whether it's browsing, searching, learning, writing, gaming, shopping, you know, you kind of start there. And so that in and of itself is, is a unique position. So there's work, there's life, and it's completely integrated. And so that offers a lot of opportunity for advertisers. Again, I talked a little bit about that already before, but we have interesting and unique assets. Um, if you take the, the entire Microsoft family, LinkedIn is the nicest social media platform out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, because you have to be very upfront about who you are, you know? And I think that the lack of anonymity is actually, you know, you show up as you are, but that's also like about, you know, 800 million users, you know? And it's the place to find a job. And so the company is run separately, but it's part of the the same family as well. And then, yeah, a lot of people are using Bing and a lot of people are, you know, using Outlook and all those services as well. And so really different, a diverse type of 
platform that people are using for different purposes, whether private or professional again. Um, and then, you know, we said there's like native opportunities, programmatic, now video uh, and search. And so that's like a wide variety of ways for advertisers and brands to communicate differently uh, to their audiences. So that whole notion of full funnel is, is real more than ever. Um, and I think like lastly, you know, we talked a little bit about innovation, but uh, it's, Innovation comes in waves and sometimes really tight budget constraint and, and difficult environment and macroeconomical environment forces us to be super focused and innovative. And so that's at the core of who we are. And we also invest a lot of uh, uh, dollars in, in research and development to understand how people use our products. How can we best service them? You know, uh, we, we listen to what our consumers are saying. We listen to what our, you know, clients and partners are saying, and how can we be better at that? Um, so I think that part of it is the products that we have, the audiences that we serve, and the, the culture that we have and how we do business. I think that the three things together is really what sets us apart. Of some of those differentiators that Jennifer just called out, Adam, what do you think is probably most immediately actionable for our clients? I really think that it is the potential sort of ecosystem that Microsoft has that is going to be the most interesting, because I think that if you look at the Microsoft ecosystem and you compare it to our other major digital advertising platforms like Google and Meta, it's just a very different set of apps and services and platforms. And I think it is a way to reach users in different contexts. To your point uh, of uh, whether it's happening in Teams or LinkedIn and that work context, obviously work is a, and 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 how we work is a huge part of Microsoft. I think, uh, you know, when we are, we've been sp speaking with a lot of our clients about the metaverse. I, I, I know that there's nothing announced yet, but I do think that in the future when uh, Mesh does roll out and, and that, that platform does mature a little bit, it, um, we will start to see, you know, advertising opportunities inside of that platform as well. And that'll be an interesting work context for those. Um, of course, there's there's also Xbox and Microsoft is one of the largest gaming companies in the world. Uh, and I think, you know, we at the lab obviously have been talking about advertising in gaming and marketing in games for uh, since before I was at the lab. <laughs> so for a very long time. Um, and that potential, I think, is just growing. We haven't really talked about Xbox uh, yet, but I Thing on this podcast, but I think that uh, the potential is there is enormous, especially as we see shifts towards Game Pass and streaming and bringing access to those kinds of games that used to require a lot of upfront investment and uh, maybe even um, you know uh, and, and, and getting hardware into the home. As games start to shift to more of a service, that's just going to expand the audience even further. And I think uh, you know it's it's going to enable things like. Uh, I, again, I know this is not something that is uh, announced. I'm just speculating here, but things like dynamic ad insertion inside of games uh, in really interesting ways that we we maybe haven't seen before. So the thing that excites me the most is Microsoft coming to the table as with all the resources of a, a, a huge tech company, but none of the sort of baggage that we have from companies like Google and Meta. <laughs> One of the things that is really important for Xbox is that it has been a really core focus for Microsoft as in terms of investment. Mm. And also beyond the console. And so Game Pass is sort of, you know, tapping into that approach and, and greater mission of making gaming more accessible. 
Um, I think that a big focus also is on developers, you know, to bring more games into the platform. And so I always joke that I have my little laboratory at home, but I have a <laughs> 16 year old who built his own PC and is a hardcore gamer, you know, and I have direct feedback of what he loves. And so Game Pass has been huge because a lot of kids want, a lot of everyone wants to play games on their PC, not necessarily on the console. And so how we continue to develop this you know, it's, it's, really, uh, it's really interesting. It's a, it's a big space and, you know, I'm sure more to come in the near future. Well, if you need an extra worker in your lab, let me know. I'm pretty handy around a PC myself. <laughs> but yeah, you're talking about the billion of people that are targetable through Bing, 800 million through LinkedIn. I don't even want to guess how many people are on Xbox, but I'm sure that's a pretty sizable number as well. But I think it is, to Adam's point, evident that you guys have the ability to target users through a multi-touch point experience, wherever they're working or playing or you know just checking in across different social destinations. Microsoft does have a solution for your brand. Yeah, I think the goal is, you know, there's 3 billion gamers in the world. Mm. So that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> aspirational goal right there. <laughs> so one thing that while we're talking about gaming and Adam just alluded to briefly is we talked about mesh and what that might signal about metaverse ambitions. I know that right now it's definitely rooted more in a work product, but is there anything that you can disclose about what the next iteration of that might entail? If not, it's fine. So, you're fishing. No, no, I like it. I, I have some resources that I'd be happy to provide for the show notes as well. But when you think about Mesh and what it does, and maybe it would be good to level set for everybody, but Mesh enables presence and shared experiences from anywhere mm. on any device through mixed reality application. And so in a way, there's like three concepts built into this. And, and I think it's like, look at us, we're on this video call, you know, how can we make this more immersive, more like mm. if we were together in the same place? And so, um, again, like when uh, there was a term when I did the research here, it's called holoportation. That's kind of cool, right? Mm. And so um, that concept of like when people need to collaborate on something that requires a great level of details and really maybe whiteboarding stuff on the wall or, you know, like working on some specific tools, like how can we make this better than a video call? And in a way, that's the goal um, of Mesh. And so, you know, like think about 3D content, you know, how do we overlay different things of the real world and then 3D and then mixed reality and all of that. So we're not selling advertising there, as far as I know, and I'm certainly not here to break the news, but but I think that that's one of the area of, again, thinking about, you know, what's the happy version of Black Mirror in a way, and how do you make, you know, super advanced technology less cumbersome that you have to wear a weird device, you know, and how do you make this more seamless, and so... Um, where, you know, there's a lot of exploration and a lot of research that goes into that. And, and yes, right now it's, it's very much about empowering other companies to use those technology for them to do business. It's not a consumer play at the moment. So, yeah. And however Black mirror it may be, we do know that the addressable audience is increasing in that environment. There's definitely no shortage of conversations to be had around the metaverse and what that future promise might be. Um, yeah. And again, going back to gaming in a way, mm. you know, like that's a form of metaverse, you know? And so mm -hmm. when, when you see, you know, like just being an avatar in a video game, well, that's a possibility that's there right there, you know? And so it's, it's nothing, 
I think that the whole conversation around metaverse, and again, this is my personal opinion, is um, how do we make this impactful and, and find its purpose to do something that has value, you know, and not a, a gimmick, but, you know, if it really creates incredible gaming experiences, then great. If it makes our meeting feel more like I've met with you in person, you know, then great. So let's see lots lots of uh, speculation and lots of things to be developed there for sure do you think brands have a role to play in the development of this space adam or do you think it's incumbent upon these technology providers to kind of build the tool set and then allow us to kind of come in and modify the environment um i mean i think that brands uh we already have seen brands playing a role in attracting users to metaverse activations right obviously there are things like uh the travis scott concert in Fortnite, which was a big sort of turning point for metaverse awareness um but then i think you know another one that happened after that was was the gucci garden in roblox which i think uh you know especially attracted a lot of older users um, users who are older than the typical roblox user into the platform and i do think that there is uh, not for every brand, certainly, but for brands that have uh, a sort of loyal fan base, I think they can move their users into new platforms and be the ones to introduce them to these new and emerging opportunities. So I don't think it's necessarily, you know, that it, that brands have to wait until there's well-established audiences in these places. Brands, some brands, the, the, the brands that users are most passionate about, they can pull their users into these new places and be the ones to sort of introduce them to these new uh, platforms and environments. Yeah, that, that shiny object is definitely way in the distant at the moment. So I just want to rein it back in towards some of the more immediate term innovation that you guys are working on from a Microsoft advertising perspective. What are some of the tangible products we can get excited about from you guys in the six months to one year's time? What are you guys working on now? So uh, quite a few things, but, uh, you know, I think that native obviously is, is or the Microsoft audience network is a big piece of opportunity that sometimes, again, people are not necessarily aware of. They think Microsoft advertising, bing, yes, there's search. Search is becoming more visual. Well, you know, we've mm -hmm. launched a series of vertical ads. Make my life easier. If I'm looking for my a next flight, you know, how can the search result be more engaging? Give me the price immediately. Give me some pictures. You know, I'm looking for my next rental place. And so we've launched a series of, of ads in the vertical space. The audience network is really interesting as well. Remember that we can also use uh, LinkedIn targeting for the Microsoft advertising ecosystem. And so by profession or company, we can target this way. I think that, mm. you know, some people might not know about this. The partners that we work with as well uh, are really, some of them are really anchored in purpose. And so when you look at the search network that we have, advertising uh, is actually distributed by Microsoft Advertising on partners like Ecosia, Ocean Hero, or mm. Lilo, or Go. So for us, you know, when you think about um, innovation is, is really how do we create a better world around us as well? And so who are the partners that we want to really forge alliance with, you know? And so that goes back to how we do business as well, I believe. Um, and I would be remiss also to talk about my favorite product, uh, but it's what we call a marketing with purpose business attributes. And that is completely anchored with our marketing with purpose and purpose overall. And so in your search result, 
we have about 40 business attributes. And so in your search results, you can already have right there if you're LGBTQ friendly, if you're wheelchair accessible, if you're kosher, if you're minority owned. And so it's not as well known, you know, but it's really, again, a very tangible product that can be a differentiator for business when they advertise and buy search uh, advertising. So that's an interesting one. I really love that one. Um, I'm awesome. I love it. Yeah, I think sustainability, cost-based advertising, and just being able to, you know, actually advocate for certain and champion certain causes is an important distinguishing factor for a lot of businesses these days. So to be able to directly attribute those things to them via search, I think is a really interesting uh, product that you guys are developing. Yeah, as a woman, I want to buy from women-owned business mm. simply. So if when I do a search to you know look for something, and if that is displayed up front, I know where my dollars are going to go. So um, you know that's that's really you get we vote with our wallets, right? And so how do we make some change here? So and then I'll close also by saying perhaps that sense of purpose and trying to uh, to do good while we're doing good business, actually doing good is good for business, you know? And so um, how, we, how we do the work, uh, the values that we carry over, um, you know, that notion of really trust and transparency and transparency with our partners and with our clients as well. I think that those core principles are fundamental to how we want to show up in the world. And so, um, yeah, I hope that gives you a good idea of, you know, the opportunity here, but I think I would just feel like saying like, good yeah. business is good for your business. So that's sure. yeah. So as we wind down here, I want to thank our special guest, Jennifer Solomon Baum for joining us this week. Jennifer, where can our listeners find you on the web? I'm on LinkedIn. Of course. Um, <laughs> of course. Um, we also just released actually an episode of our show. And so it's microsoftadvertising.com slash the download. We were in Cannes uh, with our friends from Xander. And we, uh, we also talked a lot about the future of retail and the future of work. And I got to sit down with a lot of people and interviewing, you know, a few brands, advertisers and agency as well. So I invite everybody to take a look. Well, we really appreciate you joining us this afternoon. And Adam, thank you as ever for being here. Of course. Jennifer, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And from us here at Floor 9, thank you for listening. As ever, you can find us on our social channels at IPG Lab and on Medium at the IPG Media Lab. Until next time, bye-bye.